Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We're in the middle of a series on Romans. Uh, in the summer times, we go verse by verse through books of the Bible. It's kind of a fun thing to do and helps us grow, right? Bible's good. <clears throat> encouraging source of life and hope for us. So quick recap, we've been in Romans 8 for a while. Uh, just Romans 6 and 7 are all about how we're dead to our life in sin. We're dead to the law because we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are now dead with Christ and also risen with Christ. So we have a new life in Christ. And that new life in Christ is really defined so well in the book of Romans. And if we were to talk about the book of Romans uh, chapter 8 specifically, it would be a book of hope. Okay? This, this passage is really uh, a beautiful space. Like when we look in 1 Corinthians 13, we call that the, the chapter on love, right? It's a love chapter. This is really the chapter on hope. And so we look at our hope in Christ because we've been set free from all this sin and all the pressure from the law. But we look in Romans 8.1, and it says, so there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. We talked so much about this belonging right? And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Where does sin lead you? Okay, but Jesus leads us to life. The spirit leads us to life. We also need to set our mind on what the spirit desires, Romans 8, Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Where do we put our mind? Mind control, guys. This is mind control, all right? You in control of your mind, though, not someone else in control of it, is that you submit it to the Spirit and let his thoughts be your thoughts and let him lead your mind. If you want to have power transformation in your life, it's about being led by the Spirit. Then we're also adopted into sons, sonship. That's good, Romans 8, 15. The spirit you receive does not make you a slave. Thank the Lord. Sometimes we think I'm going to get saved, give my heart to Jesus. Now I'm a slave and a prisoner to following rules. That's not true. You are no longer a slave specifically to sin. That you uh, would live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by that spirit inside of you, it cries out, Abba, Father, you have a daddy God that adopted you in, and there's some really good benefits to being adopted in as one of God's kids. Okay, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But God also has us on a growth plan. We were talking about the power of sanctification, Romans 8.18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that's to be revealed in us. God is revealing his glory in each one of us all the time, and that growth plan, it comes sometimes with pain and suffering. Pain and suffering is part of the process and it helps us grow up. And in that we find hope because we don't just look at the present suffering. We look at what God is revealing in us and what we're made for. We're made for eternity and when we end up in there, it's all gonna be amazing. And we're gonna look back and go, man, that suffering was hard and bad. Being outside of God's presence was not awesome. But in the fullness of his presence is perfect peace, love, Joy, peace, holiness, right? When we're in that, it's going to be amazing. Okay, we're going to talk today, just keeping all that framework in our minds. It's a lot to keep track of, but we're going to dig in and talk about the Holy Spirit as our helper. 
He's your helper. Anybody ever feel like they need help? Okay, me too. Now, when I was younger, I struggled with asking for help. Ask for help, right? Just ask for help. I don't know why I thought that it was weakness to ask for help. And, and, and there's a piece in our life that if, if we're not comfortable with our weakness, our limitations, then we're going to resist needing help. And if we, we're not comfortable with our own weakness and we think we should be strong, then we're, we really will start to resist the Holy Spirit himself. That's trouble. That's trouble. So one of the things we're going to dive into a little bit today is just being okay with us being a little bit weak sauce, okay? That's the way we used to say it when we were back in our early football days. You're being a little bit weak sauce. You're soft. All right, Romans 8, 26. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through words, wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Weakness. Give it to me. Give it to me. Oh. No MC Hammer fans? What? What is going on? <laughs> Nobody listens to MC Hammer anymore. Whatever. <laughs> Weakness, man. When you and I... So the Bible says to, it teaches us in our weakness, he is strong. This is a very weird thing to even embrace because I think many times we think God wants us to bring our strength to him. And that's what he's gonna be proud of. And so many times in the framework of our upbringing, it's what people notice in us and we get recognized for. I mean, how many times in your life were you like trying your hardest in the track team and, you're, and you just get beat and you're weak and everybody's better than you? So uh, true story, I, I wrestled for a while when I was in high school, okay? And so I start and I get on this club and I start wrestling. And um, I was a pretty good athlete in some other areas, but you know, apparently wrestling was not my best. And so I'm practicing and training for the longest time, all this kind of stuff. And I get in my first match, and it was uh, freestyle wrestling. And I don't even, this was part of the problem. I didn't really understand all the rules. But um, <laughs> I go in, and I shoot in on this guy, and he just hooks both my arms. They blow the whistle. Beep, he, I shoot in on him. He hooks both my arms, and he spins me over. And all you have to do in freestyle is both your shoulder blades touch at the same time and you're pinned. It's not like hold them down for three seconds. I was literally pinned in the first 15 seconds of this entire wrestling match. And I, I didn't know what else to do, so I went, yeah! And then the whole crowd cheered for me instead of the other guy. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That was the only way I thought I could win. In my weakness, I am strong! Yeah. <laughs> they're like that guy's really weird now you're getting it 
I mean, how many times are we celebrated for our weakness? No, I mean, that other dude, he turned around and made fun of me, okay? And, and so did all my buddies when I went back. They go, you are so weird. And then they're like, dude, you got beaten 15 seconds. I'm like, let's do it. It's like, that's not going to shake my confidence, right? But I certainly wasn't being celebrated for my weakness. I remember I ran the two-mile one time. And I'm like, even in high school, I was like a 200-pound dude. I have size 14 feet. You don't run the two-mile, ever. These little guys, and one of them was one of my friends. He grew, he grew up around here where, where, you know, where kids. And he comes around the first time, laps me the first time. What's up, Tanner? I'm like, and then when he lapped me the second time, he lapped me two times in the two mile. I was like, I'm going to kill you. He goes, what's up, Tanner? Runs by me. I'm like, I hate this. Nobody was celebrating the dude who got third, third to last. I wasn't last, but I was third to last. I think I was a junior or something. I beat two freshman kids that... They're like newborn moose. They could barely walk, you know? So I was like, those kids aren't beating me. All right. <laughs> right. But nobody celebrates that. We never get this framework in our mind of the, that where we come up short, where we have a limit. Oh, that's an amazing space. Oh, we're just going to bring all of that up to the surface, and we're going to lead from there. But God says, in your limitations, in your weakness, I am strong. And when we look here and we see what God is bringing out here in verse 26 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And what a great God we have. That he understood when he made us with limitation, it would create need. And in that need, we would meet him. And he is holy. He is Spirit. And guess where he lives? In you. The holy God is in you to meet you in your weakness. The Holy Spirit is not your, the guy that's there to freak you out all the time. He's not lesser God. He's the holy God. He's the fullness of God's spirit indwelling in you to help you. If you're afraid of your weakness and not okay with your limits and where you run up, and if you're not okay with getting lapped twice in the two mile and being you and saying, God, help me there. If you're not okay with that weakness, you're going to guard against that weakness and push away rather than lean in for help. And then you're leaning away from the helper himself. In your weakness, not in like, oh, yeah, and everybody's weakness and everybody's got them. No, your weakness, your two mile, your place where you got pinned in 15 seconds. That's where God comes to help you. And when we just keep in mind the framework of the last couple chapters and uh, of, of the book of Romans where it says, look, you're dead to sin. Sin is not your problem in Jesus right now. There's this struggle back and forth with your flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you beat that is you lean into the helper. Lean into the helper. I sent him for you. 
and he helps all of us at the same time, not just one at a time. We don't have to wait in like sequence and go, Mike, I can't wait till you're done. Could you give me some time with the Holy Spirit? I'm starting, I really need him right now. <clears throat> and we're not sitting outside the principal's office for him to tell us, well, these are all the ways I need to correct you. No, you're free from the law. Right? Free from the principal. <clears throat> all the kids going back to school, they're like, Pastor said I'm free from the principal. Just hold on now. <laughs> we don't have to wait for each other. He says, you can come boldly into my presence. You have Jesus, you're ready now. You have Jesus, you're ready now. You and I need to be able to embrace our weakness and say, God, you're my helper. You came to help me in this space. And will you help me be okay with the fact that I have limits? Even in this word, it, it's, it, the weakness is interpreted in other versions as infirmities. So, but, but it's not just your sickness and disease, even though it is also sickness, disease, limitations, where your flesh, your soul comes up short, God meets you there. Matthew 8, 16. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed and brought to him, he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our disease. Jesus came, paid a permanent price for all your sickness, your disease, your weakness, your limitations, and he sent the Holy Spirit, the helper, to come inside you and intercede and help you in your weakness. Can we just pray for a second? Will you close your eyes with me for a moment? I want you to pray this, Jesus, help me be okay with my weakness. God, will you lead me into my weakness, and Holy Spirit, I invite you to strengthen me there. God, strengthen me in my weakness. Help me be okay with that space, God, and change me right in that spot, God. I want to see you there. I want to encounter you there. Make me comfortable with you there. And like your word says, God, I declare this over my life. There is no condemnation for me because I am bought and bought in to you, Jesus. Deliver me from condemnation right now. Deliver me from the negative words of the enemy in Jesus' name. God, we speak breakthrough over that condemnation. God, we just speak deliverance from that condemnation now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who comes to speak to you in your weakness? And it's the thing I want you to think of. What words do you hear about you in your weakness? Oh, geez. Don't talk to me that way. Oh, you're talking about yourself? Thanks, Kim. I'm just te I'm teasing you. I knew you. I knew what you were doing. <laughs> no, you hear, you idiot. Why would you do that? And usually, again, right? What other negative words do you hear when you come to him in your weakness? Let me guess. It's not words of encouragement rather condemnation. So I promise you, that's not the Lord. That's the words of the condemner himself who's there to lie about you, try to, try to destroy you because he doesn't want you to go to the helper. 
The helper is the power. He's the power to change you and to change others. But man, we have got to fall in love with our weakness and fall in love with the Holy Spirit who loves us there. Just bring him right in that space and say, this is what I hear in my voice about me and my weakness, but God, what do you say about me and my weakness? What does God say about you? What does heaven say about you and your weakness? Oh, I love you. You're my kid. I made you for this. You're beautiful. You're, you're loved. You belong. You matter. You're the best. That's what the Holy Spirit speaks over each one of us. It goes on here to say that we don't know what we ought to pray for. <laughs> Anybody ever feel that way? You don't even know what to pray for. Some life situations are so difficult, we truly find a cul-de-sac in our life, and especially in our prayer life. You know, sometimes you feel like you're on a super highway. You know exactly how to pray and your faith's all up, and then other times you take a little detour and you end up in a cul-de-sac and you go, I don't have anywhere else to go. Right? And that's life. God knew we would have those limitations. One of the limitations we have as people is knowledge. We have a lack of understanding. We're ignorant to all kinds of things. We see such a tiny percent of the world around us, and we see such a tiny percent of God's will and his sovereign design of what he is actually doing right now, what his next plan is, well, how he's working and weaving it all together. You and I know very little. We're ignorant. What is coming next in your life? What crazy event is going to happen tomorrow or today that you could never have predicted? We don't know. And in that limitation, we don't know how to pray. We get to a cul-de-sac. In fact, if we really were real with ourselves, even in the times when we feel like we have a super highway and we know where we're going, we'd actually go, you know what, Lord, even in that, I still don't really know what's about to happen. And the Holy Spirit, God sent us the Holy Spirit. He's so good, and this plan is so perfect. It's bulletproof. If we will lean into it, it's going to work every single time. James 4, 3 says this, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what, you can, what, what will give you pleasure. This is the other problem is we lack understanding and then we have screwed up motives too that we're always dealing with. I mean, how, is, how can we truly, totally pray pure all the time when we're a part of it? I mean, really, the Bible says pray for your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. And I mean, have you ever done this? Has anybody ever tried this before? When you're really mad almost said something stronger really not happy with the person right <laughs> okay so you start to pray for them and you're like you i'm gonna bless those who curse me i'm gonna pray for those who despitefully use me lord right and you start praying and then all of a sudden you start getting mad and then you're like lord bless them i just pray blessing over them pour out your spirit on that idiot i mean that guy that i mean bless that guy Love him. And then Jesus, we would have his best, even though he hurt me and stole this from me, and then he was mean to me, and he was just so evil. You know? Does anybody relate to that? 
and you might even be having all these terrible feelings and you're like, I don't even want to do this, but the Bible says I should. It's a great thing to do because you're engaging God's love and his best for them, right? We should do this. The reality is, is even in that we have these mixed motives and sometimes we don't get what we really are hoping for because our motives are so messed up. God's like, look, I'm not giving you that. That's really not best for you. And so you, you don't realize it, but what you're asking for and you think you need, you really don't need, you need something else and I'm gonna give that to you and he's gonna work something in you. It starts with a P. And, and, and before he does this thing in you, it, he's gonna cultivate, before he gives you what you really need, he's gonna cultivate this other really amazing character trait. patience, right? Just be patient. I'll get it out. Sorry, that was so stupid. <laughs> so dumb. That was the dumbest joke I did all day. Okay, promise. That'll be the dumbest one ever. <laughs> I just had to do it, though. All right. See, there's some things you just have to do, and you don't know why. But God is, there's a way to pray when we don't know how to pray. The Spirit, this is where it goes, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Like, that seems weird. Yeah, that's kind of weird. But it's unbelievably awesome. This is a supernatural connection with God himself. You and I don't know what to pray. We have a lack of understanding. We have weakness and limitation. But then God leans in himself to pray for us when our motives are mixed. We're afraid of our limitations. We don't know what to do. We lean into the Holy Spirit, and we have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to pray, to allow him to pray through us. He intercedes for us through wordless groans. This is a partnership with the Holy Spirit. These are, it's an adjective describing wordless groans, inexpressible and unspeakable. Things you couldn't say or understand or know how to say. And then in groans and sighs, it's words that are formed. <clears throat> All right. The whole point here is not by human power. The point here is God's gonna speak through you not by human power. Now this reference is a little bit, it feels like a flyby in, in, in teaching about the spirit language or praying in the spirit, which is pray, we call praying in tongues. There's two different gifts in praying in tongues. I'm not gonna teach a whole series of message on the gift of tongues. But just high level, there are two different types of tongues. One is this power that comes like on the day of Pentecost on a person, and they have the ability to actually speak in another language, and someone in that language can understand it. That's ridiculous. That's amazing. And usually, in that context, they're declaring the things of God, preaching Jesus himself. Not just weird stuff, okay? Jesus declares himself through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's that gift of tongues. And that happened in Pentecost. They spoke in many different languages and over 3,000 people got converted because of that miracle. There's another gift that is also referred to and we see it in the book of Acts in Acts 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 40 through 46. And then also Acts 11, verse 15. There's other references, but if you wanna go and you wanna study about those, you, we see where new believers encounter the Holy Spirit, and they begin to pray in tongues while they are interceding, not just praying to declare 
and lead people to Jesus, okay? So that prayer is the prayer that Paul is kind of doing a flyby right now. And it's because it was so common in the New Testament believer, right? That it's just like, in the, you understand what I'm talking about right now. And he's talking about that this prayer language that we get with the Lord is not this special gift that only a few people get. It's this common denominator like water baptism. When you experience and feel God's presence, we all get to use gifts and we all have gifts to be used. Romans 12 uh, and uh, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. Those are all great gift passages where you learn about gifts of the Holy Spirit working into your life. But we all get prayer. We all get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in every single person, all right? And we all don't know what we need to pray for. We all have weakness, and the Holy Spirit's our helper, and the primary way the Holy Spirit came to help you and I is in our weakness where we don't know what to pray for, where we need a direct connection with the Holy God to pray for us, intercede for us, for our infirmities, our weaknesses, sickness, disease, lack of understanding, and this is in the context of the suffering passage. Can't forget that. Where we are suffering, and they were teaching even last week that we're suffering and there's hope in that suffering. And in that space where hard things are going on and we do not have answers, we lean into the helper himself and we pray in our spirit language. It's one of the most powerful things you can do as a believer is learn to speak in your spirit language. And it's not for you over other people. It's for the Holy Spirit to move in your life, to supercharge your life, fill up your life. Pray for your, your weaknesses. Well, that's pretty awesome. Amen? But it is through these groans and utterances that you can't understand. It's his language speaking through you. Heaven's language speaking over you. Heaven's language speaking new truths into your life about who you are and meeting you in power where you need it most, even when you don't know. It is an evidence of people that have received the Holy Spirit as they speak in tongues. Now, we all find different ways that we kind of like can struggle doing this. We like sometimes get stuck. We're like, this is weird. And is this really you, Lord? And you just have to lean into the Holy Spirit. It's your weakness. That's why he wants you to lean into it. I think it's why he's doing it that way. Because we get so common, like, thinking our language is the best language. It's kind of arrogant. And as Americans, we're pretty arrogant. Cry like, well, all our stuff's the best stuff, and we're the best country that's ever existed forever. <laughs> okay, I love our country. All that's great. But our language is not the best language. It's kind of dumb. Have you ever tried to write anything? And then they go, oh, yeah, this is the rule. Oh, yeah, well, it's the rule sometimes. <laughs> oh, that makes perfect sense. I'll remember that. Sometimes. And they're like, oh, let's do this. Let's mix, mix a bunch of Latin, Greek, uh, French, uh, especially French, because that really, and Spanish, we'll just, and, and then German, and we'll just cram it all in one language and not change any rules, we'll just adopt all this other stuff and just, because we think words look cool. Words looking cool is really what makes most sense. Oh yeah, we have six different ways of, of pronouncing one same sound. 
It's going to be super easy to teach your kids how to do that. <laughs> right? It's kind of dumb. And it's kind of amazing all at the same time that we can use these words to form and talk to each other. Why is it so weird that God would have a language that supersedes our language? In fact, that ties all languages together. When you look at the time of Tower of Babel, God took all language and separated it. And it created division among man and it spread them out all over the world. And now he took through the power of one language and unifies all men through the power of his spirit. But it's his language. It's not as weird as you think. Your language is weirder than God's. When we go to heaven, your language is going to be way weirder and way more foreign. Our language, the one we just made up on our own. <laughs> this will be fun. Then when God makes something, it's in perfect order. So even if it sounds weird and outside of your norm and even your pride, your, you know, pride's a weakness. It's where you think you're better than you actually are. Uh-oh. He's coming for me now, right? It's where we think we're better than we are. But when we lean into him in our weakness, all of a sudden we find power and strength. You and I have to become comfortable hearing ourselves pray in the Holy Spirit, leaning into the Holy Spirit, comfortable hearing others pray in the Holy Spirit because it's when you think that's not somebody's weird language, that's God's language. It starts to get kind of awesome. It starts to get kind of awesome. So we want to lean in, verse 27, because he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Do you want to pray the perfect will of God every time, all the time? And be, listen, think about this. God is all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere, all the time. He knows exactly what's coming next, and he also is your creator. He designed you, and he, has, he had a specific intention for you. He wanted you to do something amazing, and he shaped you for that. And so he gave you the Holy Spirit, him, God, himself, to dwell inside of you and pray his perfect will for your life. Even when your pea brain and my pea brain don't even know what's next. We don't even know what we need. But when we lean into the Holy Spirit, we're praying the perfect will of God over our life all the time. All the time time. This is why Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. You're going to have to skip ahead to hit this one. You're so good. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Two different types of prayer. Two different types of prayer. Pray in the Spirit all the time and then pray for God's people. Those are two different disciplines. We're always praying that God will build others up when we pray in the Holy Spirit, he's praying the perfect will of God and interceding for us all the time. Amazing, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, your mind will then be submitted to the Spirit. We're going back earlier in Romans 8. And you start to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and begin to understand what his will is. And your mind gets in line with that. And then you begin to live according to the Spirit. You're like, hey, praying in tongues, whole bunch. And then all of a sudden you're like, I think I should do this. <laughs> what? And it's something good, and it's in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Well, 
that's because you're spending time with him and he's interceding for you and he's building up your spirit man and, uh, and then leaning in and giving you a good Holy Ghost idea about what you ought to do today. Next. Those desires you had in the, your sin nature, you spend time in the Holy Spirit, you're super, supercharging your spirit man by submitting your mind to prayer with the Holy Spirit, and then all of a sudden, those desires begin to wane as the Spirit begins to strengthen. We talked about it before, as you submit to the Spirit, you're actually habitually putting to death your sin nature. It's like it just starts punching it and pounding it down while you're submitting, and this is one of the key ways we submit our minds and our life to the, to, to the Spirit is through prayer. And it's not just prayer language. You know what to pray because you don't know what to pray. You've got to submit your life, your body, your whole spirit to the Holy Spirit and let him begin to pray and intercede in and through you. This is the ultimate gift, guys. Gals, y'alls. It's the ultimate gift because it supercharges and connects to every other gift. It's to pray the perfect will of God. God set it all up. It's rigged. You just need to lean in in your weakness. Just lean in in your weakness and let him just get it ripping through your life. Man, I just think God praying through you and me the perfect will of God all the time. The living God. He goes, I understand you're not gonna be able to do all this. And so I'm gonna help do it for you. And then I'm gonna meet you there. But I need you to do something. Walk in humility. Bring your weakness to me. This is the key, guys. Is you being okay that you're not strong and taking your weakness and leaning into him. But we have to see it in faith because this last verse that we're gonna do as we close here is Romans 8, 28. And I know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. When you're called and you understand that God's plan for you is good all the time, you're, you're not afraid to lean into him in your weakness because his plan is to do something good for you there. Not something destructive, not to beat you up and make fun of you, not to tell you like, hey, did you notice when you were running the two mile, you got lapped twice? Ha, 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 ha. Oh, it's all... I forgave all those guys, right? <laughs> Mostly. <clears throat> God's desire and his nature is not to condemn you. If you're feeling condemnation, it's from the enemy. And it's his voice, not the Lord's. Pray in the spirit. And your weakness, if you're afraid, and, and you, you know, I can't, in my flesh, I'm afraid people make fun of me if I pray in the spirit. Lean in, do it anyway. Find the life and the hope and the power that God has for you in that space. He'll transform you. He'll change you. He'll meet you in a way where you never thought possible. But you have to have the faith to believe that in all things, God works for the good. He works for your good. He's not working to make you, embarrass you, or, or do something bad for you, even in your suffering, like Romans 8.25. But we hope for 
what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. There it is. Waiting patiently as we lean into our weakness and pray in the Holy Spirit. Wait for that thing, that good thing that God will bring about for us. We gotta wait patiently for it. We gotta trust as we lean in, it's gonna be good. It's three common threads here. Faith, hope, patience. That's what we find. We need to have these three pieces, these three key character traits at work in our life. Faith, hope, and patience as we lean into the Holy Spirit in prayer. You're not gonna get your answer right away. Most all the time. And if you get an answer right away, you need to keep asking and going, Lord, is that really you? Is this what you want for me? In the, in the multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. And you're going to weigh those things. And you go, yeah, that is the Holy Spirit. I feel his presence. I understand. That's good. And you begin to lean into those things. And then you wait. And you lean in. And you have faith. And you pray. And you believe. God, even in this suffering, when it doesn't make sense, and in my mind, I'm in a cul-de-sac. God, in my spirit, I'm on a superhighway. Your mind can find a cul-de-sac every day. And if you learn to pray in the Holy Spirit, you'll always be praying the perfect will of God. You'll be on a super highway, supercharging your spirit, man. Always praying the perfect will of God for your life that day. And guess what? When you do that, you are gonna find yourself being led by a spirit and producing more fruit in the kingdom. Good fruit. The good fruit he intended for you. The good fruit he designed for you. You can produce fruit every day, church. You can sow seed that will produce good fruit every day. Praying in the Holy Spirit, man, you're never gonna find a better prayer partner than the Holy Spirit. It's not gonna happen. He's the best prayer partner out there. And we need to start getting alone with him and start getting some Holy Spirit time, right? Father, we love you. God, we're asking that you would just shift something inside of us. God, we're asking that you would change who we are. God, we would see you, Holy Spirit, for who you are. Lord, we repent right now. And just do this with me. Lord, we repent for any way that, Holy Spirit, we've diminished you. You are God. And you are holy and good. Any way that we have seen you as not good or not holy, we repent. We're sorry. Lord, and we just receive you, Holy Spirit, as our Lord. You are God. And we invite you, if you've never done this, just do this with me right now. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. Fill me with your gifts. Help me to speak in my prayer language right now in Jesus' name. I want to be able to speak in my prayer language. I want to be full of your Holy Spirit. Overcome my fear and my weakness. You're strong. And I come against fear right now in Jesus' name. And the liar, condemner, you are, you are driven from this space. And Holy Spirit, we ask you that you would be the only one. Lord, send your angels to minister to us and protect us and guide us, God. But Holy Spirit, come and fill each one of us right now. I pray your Holy Spirit will come in like a rush and a flood and fill your people and that every person would have a breakthrough in their spirit, in their spirit, Lord, and in their spirit language, their prayer language, Lord, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you're like, I want some Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not a magic trick. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's God and he comes into your life when you receive Jesus, and it's very simple, that Jesus came to die, and he died for all of your sin, all the wrong things you've done. And all we have to do is choose him. And he says, I wipe all that stuff away. He says, sin separates you from God, from eternity, 
Sin actually leads to death. And he came to die for that so that each one of us can live in eternity in perfect relationship with him and to be this, children of God, adopted in as sons, daughters. And then he gives us the Holy Spirit as, as a security and, and as a helper. And if you want that helper today, you just need to choose Jesus. I'd like to give you a second, an opportunity to do that. If everybody could close their eyes for a moment around the church, just for one second. And right where you're at, if you would just do this for me, you just slip your hand up and say, Josh, I'm ready to receive Jesus. I want to receive Jesus. I don't want to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to ask him and invite him into my life. Anybody here ready to respond to Jesus? Just lift your hand up. I'll pray with you. It'll be really simple. Anybody? Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, I want to receive you today. Okay, awesome. Looks like everybody's saved in the room, or I'm thinking about it. Will you stand with me, church? going to respond here in worship. I want to encourage you. If you want to respond to Jesus, you want prayer for to receive the Holy Spirit. You want to receive your prayer language. Our prayer team members are down here in the front. We'll pray with you. If you want to respond to Jesus, and maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you want to respond to him in any way, please come as we... Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.